you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would please open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 42. This is God's Word. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you just keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us, so that we may live and not die. Then, ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others, because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my lord, they answered. Your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. No, he said to them, you have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, your servants were twelve brothers, the sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, it is just as I told you, you are spies, and this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will be kept in prison so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison, while the rest of you go and take back grain for your starving households. But you must bring your younger brother to me so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep. 
But then he turned back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to put each man's silver back in his sack and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw his silver in the mouth of his sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank, and they turned to each other trembling and said, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. They said, the man who is Lord over the land spoke harshly to us and treated us as though we were spying on the land. But we said to him, we are honest men. We are not spies. We were 12 brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is now with our father in Canaan. Then the man who is Lord over the land said to us, this is how I will know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take food for your starving households and go. But bring your youngest brother to me so that I will know that you are not spies but honest men. Then I will give, you, give your brother back to you and you can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. When they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more and Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, My son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead. and He is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in sorrow. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. I want to talk to you today about the way that on the one hand God is sovereign and working everything out according to his plan, and on the other hand, how we mess ourselves up when we have unresolved guilt. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and there in the garden, after they did that, when they heard the sound of God walking in the garden, they were afraid. Why? Because of guilt. Because of shame. And so they tried to hide from God, and God, who knows all things, said, Adam, where are you? So Adam said, well, we're hiding because we're naked. God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat the fruit of the tree I told you not to eat from? Now, why was God asking these questions? Well, because God needs to know these things. No, God knows these things. God knows everything. God knows the end from the beginning. Well, so why did God ask Adam... Where are you? Because Adam needed to confess. Why did God say, have you eaten the fruit from the tree that I told you not to eat from? 
Because Adam needed to confess. Because when you're carrying that secret around, it constantly, constantly torments you. Look at the very start of the chapter. Genesis 42. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? Why do you, I mean, what's, why is that in here? Well, because apparently Jacob is watching them looking at each other, and even though they're not talking about it, it's on their minds. And it's going to come out when they're down there in Egypt. They have carried the guilt of what they did to Joseph for all these years. And so when things go wrong, they think it's because of that. Do you have anything like that in your life? I don't raise your hand. But is, but is there something where it's like, oh boy, if people knew that, I'd just... I had a fellow tell me, if people knew the truth about me, I'd be in prison. Have you ever felt like if people knew the truth about you, you wouldn't have any friends? If people knew the truth about you, you'd be in trouble? Well, if we condemned each other on the basis of a standard that we can't live up to ourselves, that's the worst kind of hypocrisy and self-righteousness. These guys were carrying this guilt, and their father says to them, I've learned that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may eat and so that we may live and not die. It really was a famine. It, it, it was a real famine. They couldn't get the basic staples that they needed, like grain, in order. I mean, they had, they had some other things. We find that out later in the story. But, but they didn't have the basics that they needed. And let me tell you, you don't want to just sit around eating the condiments, okay? Ketchup packs, after a while, are just not satisfying. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt, but Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others, because he was afraid that harm might come to him. He wasn't, wasn't afraid that harm might come to one of these guys. It's like, you, you fellas go. But just as Joseph had been most favored, Benjamin, the last child born of Jacob's favorite wife was also the favorite. He was special. And undoubtedly, his brothers resented him. And undoubtedly, he and his dad could tell. And his dad says, I'm not going to risk sending this prized child with these older brothers because I'm afraid something's going to happen to him if I do. 
we see there and later in the chapter a hint that Jacob had his suspicions about what had happened to Joseph. Folks, there's an easy way that you can help future generations of children in crisis. When you include Wares Valley Ranch in your will or as a beneficiary, your gift doesn't cost you anything today. Your gift is free of federal and estate tax. You're not obligated and can change your mind. You can still take care of your family by including them too. And you can leave a legacy. If you believe the Lord is leading you to do this, please be obedient to him. And then let us know of your plans by going to wvr.org and clicking on the Legacy 145 button. You'll be part of a group of brothers and sisters who are participating in Psalm 145.4, sharing God's mighty acts with future generations. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is So, when they get down there, as soon, verse 7, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized them, they did not recognize him. And then, as they're bowing with their faces to the ground, Joseph remembers his dreams about them. And he hatched a plan. You are spies! <laughs> now, please note what they say in verse 11. We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. This is going to be their theme all through this. They're going to keep in their own defense saying, we are honest men. We are honest men. If a person has to tell you over again, trust me, maybe you shouldn't. Okay? These brothers were brothers. They were all the sons of one man. They had come to buy food, but they were not honest men. And Joseph knew they were not honest men. Now, he also knew they weren't spies. But Joseph is pushing them. And their defense is, you can believe us. You can trust us. We're honest. And Joseph knows better. So Joseph gives them a taste of prison. For three days, they're locked up. On the third day, they've had three days to be in jail and think about it. Verse 18, on the third day, Joseph said to them, do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that your words may be verified and you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. See, they made the connection. 
We know why this is happening. It's happening because of that thing we did. And they still remember it vividly. And initially, they're saying, we did it. And then one of them, you always have one of these in the family, Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? Don't, don't lay this on me, okay? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. He's saying it, was, it wasn't my fault. He was the oldest. But he says, you, you guys did this. I tried to stop it. They're all guilty. They're all guilty. And they think, because they're speaking Hebrew to each other, that Joseph doesn't understand. Well, what about this stuff they were saying earlier? Joseph was using an interpreter. Okay? All those things he said to them, everything they responded got interpreted into the Egyptian language, which obviously Joseph at this point knew well. So they had no clue that when they're talking, their words were understood. He turned away from them and began to laugh and said, they don't know that I can understand them. No. No. He turned away from them and began to weep. He felt badly for them. But then he turned back and spoke to them again. And he had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. And he gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to put each man's silver back in his sack and to give them provisions for their journey. And after this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left. Joseph, while appearing to be rough with them, and mean to them, was in fact being kind to them. He wasn't taking advantage of them. He didn't charge them a higher price. He actually gave instructions for their money to be returned to them. And when they're on the way home and they discover that one of them still has his money in his sack, they're terrified. And when they get home and find that all of them have their money in their sacks, they are mystified and they are again thinking, God's doing this to us. Instead of realizing God's doing this for you. You and I sometimes look at our circumstances and, and we think we're being punished for our sins. If we were being punished for our sins, we'd be in hell. That's what our sins deserve. We think this or this or this is what we deserve for our sins. No, no, no. What we deserve for our sins is worse than we can imagine. We're not being punished. We may be experiencing consequences. The reason God says don't do this is because it leads to bad consequences. The consequences of our sins are definitely painful at times. But the punishment we deserve 
is to be punished forever by a holy God. That's what we deserve. And that's why the gospel is so utterly amazing. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever trusts in him will not get what we deserve. But will have everlasting life. So, they get home. Verse 35, as they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. When they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened, not happy, not encouraged, because they knew, we don't deserve this. Yeah, they didn't deserve it. It was grace. Their father Jacob said to them, you have deprived me of my children. Here's further evidence that Jacob suspected the brothers of being behind what happened to Joseph. He didn't say, I've been deprived of my children. He says, you have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, you may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, my son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead and he is the only one left. That speaks volumes. He doesn't say, and all I have left are you guys. He says, he's the only one I have left. You guys are not to be trusted. Why would Jacob feel like these guys were not trustworthy? Well, because clearly he had evidence that they'd been dishonest before. Yeah, but there's another reason. Why would Jacob think that it was possible for a son to stand there and look at his dad and lie to his face? Why would he think that? Because he'd done it. He had been the lying son who deceived his father. One of the problems with not being honest is not just that other people can't trust you, but it's that you can't trust other people. If you're a liar, very hard to build trusting relationships, not just because They learn that they can't trust you, but because you're afraid to trust them. Because you know that you're not honest. So when somebody tells you something, you're thinking, yeah, maybe. Because you know that when you tell somebody something, it may or may not be true. God calls us to live in truth. That can be embarrassing. That can be painful. We are to learn to speak the truth in love. You don't just tell everybody every thought that goes through your head. But you do make sure that what comes out of your mouth is honest. One more thing before we leave this chapter. We're going to see this in each of these chapters in this story. In all of this, 
God is at work to bring good, to bring blessing. Joseph was in Egypt, not as a detour in God's plan. He was in Egypt because God wanted him to be there at the right time to save the lives of his family and countless others. In your life, God is working sovereignly for the good of those who love him. I hope you're one of those who love him. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.